Welcome to The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. I'm Danielle Rodoichin. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books, to art, to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. In this special edition of the Collector's House podcast, I'm speaking to the artist Faith Ringgold, whose career spans many decades and covers many disciplines. Raised in Harlem, New York in the 1930s, she grew up to become an important civil rights and feminist activist, raising awareness and challenging the status quo through her work, which has included painting, mask making, quilts and children's books. On the eve of her major exhibition at the Serpentine Gallery in London, I sat down with Faith to hear her speak about memories of her mother's cooking, her take on today's feminism, and her friendship with Hillary Clinton. You always had apple pie. My mother used to make Mm. Was she a good cook? Excellent. Mm. What else did she cook? Well, turkey on Thanksgiving right? mm. and Christmas. Mm. Roasted turkey. Mm. And um, mutton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as a child, I had asthma, so I, I was limited to how much. I couldn't have any pork, no pork, right? Uh, lamb, mm. chicken, and turkey. Mm. And that was it. Nothing fried. Nothing fried, no. Except cordies. Oh, fish, yes. Mm-hmm. That's true. She was good. She stuck to me and lots of green vegetables and rice. Mm. She was wonderful. What other memories do you have of your childhood? What's, give me a, tell me a one memory that sticks in your mind. Well, going away on vacation in the summertime, when we weren't in school. You went to school in, well, you grew up in Harlem. Yes. And where did you go on vacation? We went to Atlantic City, or one place, that is so totally different now. Be on the beach and oh, it was it was a wonderful uh, ex- experience going there in the summertime, going to the beach every day, enjoying the um, shopping and the what the because we lived in Harlem, which was in New York. And uh, Atlantic City was like the country. It was, it was a city, yes, but it was so different from New York. And we really enjoyed being there because we got uh, a whole different kind of experience, walking around, looking at the people, and lots of picnicking and going to the beach. 
This must have been, was it the 40s? During the 40s? Well, I was born in 1930. So I can, my earliest memories are on vacation is going to Atlantic City. Your mother took a lot of photographs? Oh, my mother, yes. She was a, quite a photographer, wasn't she? Yes, she was. Yeah. She was a very creative person, it seems. Um, she also um, was act really active in the fashion industry, sewing and creating clothing, and she mm -hmm. taught you how to sew. Right. Well, that was really a mother's job, was to teach her daughter how to sew. And um, there wasn't a lot of wearing of clothes that was made by different designers. Mothers made the clothing for their daughters. Well, not for their sons, because sons had to wear traditional pants and shirts and so on. But, yeah, that was very... Uh, that was the usual, that the, the mother, especially for young kids, and it was not uh, important that either women or young girls, for instance, wore clothing that was in style. You could wear, you. You tried to wear something that was original. So if it was made by your mother or whoever, that was great. So this, this business of, of having it, uh, wearing clothes that was from a, diff from a special stylist was very original. Do you remember the moment when that changed? I guess maybe the 50s. I'm not sure when that I don't know when that changed, but it did. And my mother used to, when she did buy something that was uh, bought in a store, because she was a fashion designer, she would change the buttons or change the something on it. She wasn't interested in having it look like the others. And then later in your life, when you started making quilts, it was your mother who helped you? Yeah, because she she just knew about well she knew about them because all the women made quilts, um, and that was a a common common knowledge. And I wanted to I wanted to make a a quilt, and uh, my mother. She actually, she worked with me on the first one, which was uh, Echoes of Harlem. And then the second one, she cut out the figures for me? Yes. And um, that's why I named it Mother School, because she died before, before she could get it done. So that was a problem. <laughs> but I decided to do it in the style that she knew.
quilt to be. See, I, I painted mine all thereafter. And you I painted made, the quilt on the quilts? I painted a quilt and then I stitched the, the painting to the backing. But the images were painted by me. Um, but her concept of a quilt was to cut the images out of some kind of colored cloth and stitch the images onto the background, which I never learned to do until she died. And then I did that, but that was the only one I ever did like that. And I think that one is in the show. Mother's Quilt, Mother's Quilt is in the show. So that's unique in that respect because every, all the other quilts that I made were painted by me. And then the backing was stitched, but not the imagery. The show that you mentioned is the survey of your work, which is currently, we're about to open at the Serpentine in London. Yes. yes. Have you seen it? I just came from there and it is very exciting. Yes, I love it. What emotions did you feel when you saw it? Um, memories. Uh, art always takes me back to the 60s, the 50s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. You're, you're nearly 90. Yes, I'll be, I will be 90 in 2020. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and you're an artist of many disciplines, and the survey, I believe, contains work from all the different types of art you've created right. during your career, from mm -hmm. the quilts you've mentioned, the paintings, mm -hmm. the children's books. Yes, yeah. illustrations. Illustrations. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of writing and um, a lot of print, prints. I, I learned all of these uh, media in college but some of them I discovered were really too difficult to, to maintain uh, on a regular ba basis. Like for instance, printmaking. I loved printmaking, I wanted to do printmaking, but it's very difficult to, to do, make prints uh, in the different media and I am allergic to the chemicals. Printmaking was my, my worst class. <laughs> it really was. It was the only class in college where I got a B. So you did well in college otherwise? Oh, you better. <laughs> I went to the City College of New York. It was a, a public school a public uh, college, and it was free. In 1948, I went in there. And uh, you're not gonna stay in there if you go below a B minus, and it was free. Now today, it's not free. And I don't know what they're doing with the grades and all. But I know when I was there, 
you had paid nothing. I think we may have contributed $50 to um, lecturers or something of the sort, but no money. And uh, you had to keep your average up. And I think B minus was was it. Go below that out. <laughs> you said that at college you had a very good education with regards to Western art. Well, we learned about Chinese, Japanese. Yes, Chinese, Japanese. No, no African. No African art. And no African-American art. Those two things, nothing. But I knew that that was a miss. And I took myself and traveled all over to see the art of the people that I came from. Whereabouts in Africa did you travel? I went to Nigeria, Ghana, Egypt, Morocco. Oh, Morocco's wonderful, wonderful art place. I wanted to go to the places to see the art of the people who I really loved. And uh, of course, I went all over Europe, France, Germany, uh, England. Yeah, so I've been everywhere looking at the art. But I had to go to Africa. And I'm so glad I went because I saw the work of imagery that I admire and love. And, and I understood then where Picasso got his imagery from. And, and I made uh, a lot of different kinds of art that I would never have made before without having gone there because I would not have seen the ways in which the African people changed the style of creating people to an abstraction. And I picked that up and understood more about why I really liked Picasso so much, because he certainly had done that. You created some abuseful mask theories, for yes. example. And the inspiration for that is going to Africa, definitely. Oh, there were so many performances that I went to and saw the, the African masks and how they were worn in performances, um, always with costumes, not just the mask. Costume, and then the mask goes on with it. All the mask is made into, oh, just ingenious ways of creating a, an imagery that is unique. Uh, so that the person wearing the mask looked like they were it. It, it was fantastic. And I, I'm so glad that I did that, because other than that, I would not have known anything about that. But I got a fabulous art education at the City College of New York and of course all the other uh, parts of it, of an education were, were fabulous too.
but they didn't. Uh, and so then I wanted, uh, that's why I wanted to go to Europe, too, to, um, to see a lot of the work that I had learned about and a lot of the art forms that we studied. So I get a really full education. I don't know whether they're doing that. I think they aren't. I think art is not being taught on the level that it used to be. I think that's what's going You've on. You've always been quite involved. You, you, you kept a hand in education over the years. You taught mm -hmm. for a while and you've written children's books. Right. Do you see it, think of yourself as an educator? Oh, well, I, I adore children. And I think they are wonderful. I have a foundation dedicated to them. Anyone can fly. All you got to do is try. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're wonderful artists. And uh, I do hope they're being able to do their work uh, because they're very good at it when they're very, very little. And um, if they have the special ability to be an artist, which is a concept of seeing that is unique or so, they're going to express it freely when they're very young. And if they are given the opportunity, the time, the materials, and so on, uh, they can develop their art, their art tradition, whatever it is. Um, but if they're not, they're going to do it anyway, but they may not be able to do it, continue doing it on a level to become artists if they have the talent. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, where does the art, the, the, the desire to become an artist come from? I don't really know the answer to that question, except that I think it's inborn, inbred in, in you. And, but not given the opportunity, it might fade away, I don't know. I was given the opportunity, I had asthma, I wasn't, I, 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 I didn't go to school until the second grade on any kind of regular basis, because my doctors, who I had fabulous doctors, They didn't want me to experience all those diseases that children had in those days. Because of your asthma? Because of the asthma. And a lot of children just passed away as a result. Um, and so I would go for some days and keep in constant contact with my doctors. And, uh, and my mother would, on the days when I couldn't go or the doctor didn't want me there, um, I would, uh, my mother would go and, and get my homework and uh, talk to my teachers and whatever. Hmm. It was a whole different school system. Hmm. I don't think they'd allow that today. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's interesting. But, um, yeah, she would go there and then she'd come home and teach me whatever uh, they were doing so that I, I, I didn't feel any kind of setback, you know. I liked being at home and being taught by my mom. And, uh, and then in the second grade, I went on a regular basis. 
So I felt caught up. I was fine. You're a political artist. A lot of your work has addressed um, issues of racism and feminism. How can art influence politics and people, people's mindsets in your experience? Well, it's what you're looking at. I mean, it'll give you an opportunity to see uh, a version of what someone else might be thinking. Um, if you, and, and it also gives the artist an opportunity to express what they are thinking and seeing about who they are and where they are uh, and what they are. Um, it's like a freedom, it's freedom of speech, basically. And everybody has it. Well, I don't know, maybe everybody doesn't have it. But everybody has an expression of their freedom of speech, which they would probably like to express, maybe, and cannot. But it's important to have that. And in America, we do have it and in many parts of the world. But the thing that fascinates me is when you go to Japan and you look around at the art, it looks different. I say, oh my God, I'm in Japan, or China, or any part of Africa. You know, people do something, it's something in the way they see things that is expressive of who they are and where they are. It's amazing. Um, that's why travel is so important, and I'm so glad I did it, because it stands out quickly. You know, you're not going to miss that. The music is the same. It's going to be that music. You're going to hear that music. All of a sudden, the music has changed. The the plane comes down or out of the air, and you're in the station listening to something you've never heard before. So as an American, how does your art express being an American, do you feel? Well, I'm telling my story. And uh, freedom of speech gives me an opportunity to do that. And, uh, and so I do. I'm telling the story of being an American, a black American in America, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. <laughs> <laughs> you also campaigned as a feminist. Because we're experiencing another wave of feminism, of, of heightened feminist activity at the moment, you could say, I was wondering if you're aware of it and if it feels, how it feels different to you this time around. Um. How it feels different to me this time around, it does feel different. <clears throat> well, I guess it is, it is focused on young women, as it was when I was involved. Um, <clears throat> but it's really for all women and should be much more international than it was in the 70s, in the 70s. <clears throat> but um, it's unfortunate that we still have to 
have to fight this battle? Because, and I'm wondering how long will it be that this goes on? Will that just always be one of the things like breathing and? Because we should have had a woman president. Oh my my. I think, I think, yes, I think Did a lot you vote of, for Hillary Clinton? Uh, well, now what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. I got there when they opened up the door <laughs> and charged in and put in my vote so you can't miss it. No, I think that a lot of people, though, did not. I think a lot of people were for, so sure that he wouldn't win, <laughs> that they felt it was not necessary to vote because he's not going to win. Get me Tristan. Turn on your TV and listen. He, Donald Trump, is in London today. He's arrived today. Did you see on the news? Oh, well, what can I say? What guy? Nobody's going to vote for him. Nobody, nobody, nobody's going to, that's what they were thinking. And the young women, they had to be thinking that because he's just been doing the wrong thing from the beginning. But the thing that upsets me the most is the little children being taken away from their parents. At the Mexican border. Oh, please, that's so awful. Can I, I just can't imagine being one of those children and having somebody take my mother away from me. Do you feel like there is enough of a resistance against this kind of thing today, like there was during the 70s when you were at the height of your activist activities? I, I don't think there's as much activity as then, that's number one. And number two, there's not as much resistance and or activity for the rights of women today. And children. Women and children, oh God, that's so awful. Uh, and I wonder when it's going to start, but I am told that they do have um, marches, but I think it, 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 it needs, it's missing something. Hmm. Faith, to, to finish today, um, are you... <laughs> are we finishing are up you, with we Trump, are, we are, Trump? No, we're not. <laughs> I, I feel like we should, but I, I am interested to, to know how you feel do you feel hopeful? You're wearing a Obama change mm -hmm. top. And I wonder, do oh, you yes. feel, how do you feel about the future? Yes, I feel that there, there, there will always be people who are willing to give their lives for freedom. That is what has kept the world alive today and made it grow. And become even what it is today. People who are willing to give their lives, like Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X, and 
those people. They know they're sacrificing their lives when they speak up on a certain level. And name this many. And, and, and they are willing to do that. And of course, it did happen. So all of the great heroes are dead. And I think that he has to make another step. And that will be the step that broke the... Yes, that's what I think. I think It'll it is. Eventually. It hasn't happened yet. Do you mean Trump? I think she means Trump. Trump the Trump. Mm. Is that how you feel, Faith? That I feel that the reason why he got in there is because the people didn't want a woman. That's what I think. And that's very sad. Have you spoken to Hillary about it? I saw her just recently. You saw Hillary yeah. at an award ceremony? I didn't get a chance to talk to her on that level. She, um, I've been to the White House many times, and she is fabulous and fantastic. Uh, and we would have been honored to have her as president. And a lot of people figured there's no way she won't get in. And feeling like that, they got him in. So we'll just, it just shows freedom. That's, that's the freedom we had to destroy ourselves practically with him. But um, it's going to be interesting the next year or so. What do you feel joyous or and happy about? Not necessarily politics. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are good things going on. I don't think we get, we get shown on TV or in the newspapers or anywhere the things that we should be happy about. We don't, good news is not news. It's only this bad stuff that we get all the time, you know. And I'm always uh, enlightened and brought up by things that probably are not even going to be reported in the newspapers, especially what some child has done, some hero uh, has discovered something or created something that really is uplifting and wonderful. Um, I think we need to concentrate um, more on information like that. Opportunities, like being here, for instance, the opportunity to come here and show my work. Wow. <laughs> All right, well, that, that's a good place to end. Yeah, that's, Thank you. that's it. Thanks, okay. Faith. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. That was an episode of The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion podcast. You can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website. And you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion, at Matches Fashion Man and the hashtag Five Carlos Place. Thanks for listening.